Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Escalating geopolitical tensions, major elections, and monetary policy reaching a critical juncture are some of the key themes surrounding markets this year. Given that such complex market conditions will be challenging for our investors to navigate, this year investors will need to have the agility to respond to market signals and multiple factors within the macroeconomic environment. So, where are the opportunities across asset classes, or will Fixed income markets offer better opportunities given the current rates and the expected path of growth and future rates. Well, joining us on the phone today to tell us more is Kang Xiang Eng, who is the Asia Pacific head of fixed income at State Street Global Advisors. Kang Xiang, welcome to the show. Thank you, Hongbin. Thank you for joining me today. You know, King Xiang, following a year of market-moving surprises back in 2023, including persistent inflation, muted growth, an abrupt banking crisis, and continued monetary policy tightening, and given how this year, 2024, started, what's in store for the year ahead? Will uncertainty in markets continue? Yeah, I think this year is going to be exciting in the sense that it's not going to be short of volatility just to begin with. And we, as we start the year of dragon, mm. um, you know, we will ride through it uh, with a lot of energy. Um, and what we can expect in terms of the market is that as the central banks about to pivot in terms of interest rate directions, we are coming to the so-called the last phase of that, whereby there may still some data that may surprise us, which we kind of seen uh, most recently and therefore the market should be uh, responding to that given that the market tends to be trading ahead mm-hmm. and so therefore uh, more uh, volatility to come and at the same time we are expecting a bit of a slowdown in general across major economies and so therefore it also may present some potential um, market challenges and hence therefore volatilities as well. I think investors will have to pay into the various macroeconomic factors changing dynamics uh, and on top of that also the geopolitics side uh, to speak of as well. I see. Well, you know, now a key theme this year is, of course, the prospect of Fed rate cuts in the year ahead. And given that the latest U.S. inflation data showed inflation still stickier than expected, when do you see rate cuts rolling in now? Is a May cut, you know, off the table? Our view is still looking for a fat easing um, this year. Um, we are looking at somewhere close to the middle of the year. Now, of course, the actual timing uh, can still change. Um, if the data were to surprise on the stronger side, therefore we may expect the Fed to kind of push up uh, further before delivering the first rate cut. Um, I think what we are expecting to see is potentially the U.S. economy's resiliency may, may continue for a while. And we expect inflation numbers to soften from here. Uh, That's kind of the major premise of where we build our expectations of that rate cut will be coming for the rest of this year. I see. You know, what could then change current sentiments and make a May cut possible? I mean, what should investors be looking for? Well, if you would see the uh, inflation drop more than expected, as well as we are seeing the labor markets uh, start to weaken, that would set up a very conducive environment for the Fed to consider moving earlier. 
Uh, if that doesn't happen again, then you know the Fed may potentially stay on a little bit longer on a data watching mode before they deliver any further rate moves. Mm, okay. I mean, U.S. inflation data has also erased the last remnants of a global bond rally that started back in December with the hope that the Federal Reserve had finally pivoted to favor interest rate cuts. What's the outlook on fixed income markets following this latest inflation data? I think the fixed income markets definitely will be reacting a little bit more negatively to the data because the market has been pricing in a fair bit of rate cuts before that, somewhere close to 125 to 150 basis point rate cut. That's before the inflation data surprise, I mean, slightly on the upside. So mm-hmm. therefore, given the recent data moves, the market is taking back slightly in terms of that expectations. I don't think the market has totally given up in terms of its rate cut expectations. It's just that it has to recalibrate in terms of the magnitude and the timing of the rate cuts to come. Very much still data dependent, and the the data can obviously also change uh, from time to time, plus also the comments that will be coming from the uh, regulators or the authorities themselves. And so therefore, um, markets will likely remain a little bit more edgy uh, Mm. in the coming weeks or months. In terms of fixed income outlook, in general, uh, our view is that the strategies of the rates market will likely do better this year, given our expectations of rate ease by major central banks. And so therefore, investors should take opportunity at this current level to consider putting on exposures in under rate space. These are the risk-free rate curves that we are talking about. Mm. And our view for the credit is less positive. It's not that it's totally negative. It's just that it is at this point in time where the credit spread continues to tighten. Valuation isn't that attractive. So where we think that investors should make more money in the coming months will be on the rates and then followed by the, the credit. And in fact, within the credit space, our preference is still be within the investment grade credit area rather than the high yield or the sub-investment grade credit. Because in the current kind of economics and rate cycle, um, the investment grade credit will give investors better protection in terms of downside. Uh, we are starting to see in terms of corporate balance sheets starting to um, deteriorate slightly. They are just kind of weakening from position of strength, right? Not that they are weakening into a in a very um, negative territory, but it's mm-hmm. just coming off from position of strength. So therefore upside in terms of fundamentals improvement isn't that much from here. And we're beginning to see a bit of weakening due to the higher interest rates and then expected slowdown in the growth as well that we are seeing. Hence, it's not a surprise. I mean, we have seen also corporate retrenches um, you know, happening globally in, in, in major markets, including some layoffs and strategy changes. So I think that's kind of pointing to that, that corporates are getting more cautious. And so, therefore, uh, higher quality corporates will tend to be holding up better in this environment. Mm, I see. I see. Then how will fixed income markets, you know, perform compared to other asset classes? Will it outperform this year? We think that the fixed income markets or asset class at this current level uh, should be an attractive proposition. Because at the moment, if you look at the front end, the U.S. Treasury, two, three year U.S. an example, and you compare that to the earnings yield, 
on the equity side. It is the first time, um, you know, since many years that we are now only starting to see that the fixed income yields are higher than earnings yield on the equity side. So that means that on the asset class performance expectations going forward, uh, we would expect the fixed income assets to perform uh, better than the uh, equity, at least on the earnings valuation um, uh, kind of point of view. Right? So therefore, that provides us a, a better uh, cushion entry point. Mm. What about Asian markets? What's the outlook for Asian markets in the year ahead? I mean, will China come on top by the end of this year amid new measures announced by the government to rescue its recent stock market route? On the Asian markets, if I just focus on the fixed income area, we expect at least until we um, get the Fed rate cuts kind of uh, outlook cleared out, Mm. Um, Asian markets may remain a little bit more challenging because, you know, as we are going through right now with that uncertainty on the timing of Fed rate cuts, you know, the Asian FX is getting hit, right? So in terms of the total return, Asian assets for the first few months of this year uh, may still go through a period of a more volatile or challenging environment. And after that, we could expect that the risk appetite of investors coming into the emerging markets May starts to come come back, and so therefore that would be supportive for the Asian fixed income assets. Hard um, currency assets, in particular, will also benefit from a, a U.S. dollar lower interest rate. On the local currency side, we expect the return into the local markets may only come um, towards the second half of this year, as the um, the risk appetite or risk sentiments from investors beginning to build up. On the Asian side as well, we may expect some of the Asian central banks to also look at opportunities for cutting rates once the Asian currency starts to stabilize and and once also the U.S. uh, starts to uh, make its first move for a rate cut. So I think in general, uh, Asian fixed income markets uh, will go through a bit more of a challenging beginning part of the year, Mm. followed by a stabilization and better performance as we go through the rest of the year. Okay, you know, well, many are looking towards India as an alternative to China as well. Should investors be then, you know, diversifying their portfolios to include India as well? Yeah, certainly from the diversification point of view, that inclusion of additional market with a lower correlation would definitely help. So I think from that portfolio diversification theory point of view, answer would be yes. And if you look through that, looking at the fundamentals and also some of the macro developments of India versus China as well, uh, it also makes sense uh, in, a, in, in a sense that if you look at China, for instance, it's going through a period of slowdown, challenging macroeconomic environment, not least the, the property sector. Uh, in the case of India, it is going through a period of reform and a bit of an upswing in the growth cycle, right, if you look at it. That way, um, they are improving in terms of the fiscal positioning um, and as well as um, you know, able to draw in more of our foreign investments over time. And so, therefore, it makes sense for foreign investors that have not have any Indian exposures to consider uh, India as part of the portfolio. And there are also other macro factors that are driving the India story um, there's also the index inclusion on the fixed income indices, the JP Morgan uh, index um, expected. Well, they already announced that they will be including India from uh, end of June this year. Mm-hmm. And there's also other major index 
vendors themselves are also in the mix of discussing, you know, the possibility and the timing of India bond inclusion. So in terms of the the lineup, certainly uh, investors flow into India will be expected to increase in the coming months. I see, I see. Then what opportunities could investors see in investing in India? What specific sectors should they or could they consider? Uh, on the fixed income side, we feel um, given the, the high higher yielding uh, environment of India versus that of other markets in Asia, we feel even the government bonds itself would be an attractive proposition. It is also giving investors um, the comfort in the sense that it is a sovereign risk that they are taking. On the corporate side, you know, there would also be opportunities uh, if you're looking into the um, hard currency space for Indian names, but that's in the, the uh, U.S. dollar-denominated bonds. Um, we have seen, to be honest, a, a fair bit of interest already over the last few months. Uh, and investors have already begun uh, investing into India. So in some cases, some of the valuation in the hard currency U.S. dollar space is getting a bit on the rich side. Uh, on the local currency side, we feel that um, investors have only just kind of be, be, begun getting into India. So I think that could be a little bit more room for gains in the local currency bonds. I see. And before we let you go here, any advice for investors you know, to consider when trading in the current market conditions? Well, I guess it's just continuing to, to manage your risk properly in the sense that uh, have a fair bit of diversification um, in your portfolio constructions and try to, um, I guess, still maintain a fair bit of quality within the portfolio. Mm. Uh, because at this stage, um, there are still a fair bit of uncertainty. And sometimes some of the geopolitical developments uh, could also change the market volatility a fair bit. So I think right now, while stay invested, I think that's the main thing, but also manage the risk well and a kind of uh, watch out for potential shocks to the volatility in the portfolio. I see. Well, thank you so much, Kang Xiang, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. We've been speaking with Kang Xiang Ng, who is the Asia Pacific Head of Fixed Income at State Street Global Advisors. I'm Hong Bin Jung, and this has been Money in the Market. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.